As we look into the passage for today's reading, there's two passages. The first one is from the Gospel according to John, chapter 13, and verse 31 to 38. The Gospel according to John, chapter 13, verse 31 to 38. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you, you will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, All people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. The second passage for today's scripture reading is from the gospel according to John chapter 15 and verse 8 onwards. Gospel according to John chapter 15 from verse 8. By this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, no longer do I call you servants, for the servants does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I I command you so that you will love one another. May the blessings of the Lord be upon the reading. You can be seated. Good morning. Before I go into the ministry of the word, just wanted to share a couple of personal things. Um, You've all been praying for Uzbekistan, especially the believers who are in jail in western Uzbekistan. So there was a hearing which I had mentioned there would be on May 15th, and things have actually worked out quite well. Things have worked out quite well in, um, with the judicial process, and those four brothers need not go to jail once more. And in addition to that, um, a few of them who were on the run, they went and talked directly with the KGB. And they said, things are fine. We are not going to touch you for now. And so 
There's a pattern that we see that um, there's a wave of persecution and then it dies down. We don't know what comes up next. But praise the Lord for that. Along with that, um, there's also a good news that the Western Uzbekistan language, Karakalpak language, their uh, Bible translation is almost complete. So they had come into Kazakhstan to do the last final comprehension check. So that's, that's a great news as well. In addition, the time of the persecution actually um, resulted in two new believing groups being formed maybe 60, 70 kilometers away from um, the, the place where the real attack was. So overall, just want to praise God that through that season, the Lord brought those believers to um, brought the believers through and he's working in them. Uh, secondly, I just wanted to share a few things about our personal lives as a family. Just mentioned that Johan is getting married. You are all welcome, but you are not able to make it to Chicago, you know. Uh, uh, that's on July 1st, so we'll be traveling on June 27th. And a uh, couple of days after, after the wedding, we'll be spending time with my mom and my siblings and Asha's sister as well. Uh, after that, we'll be there. We hope to be there for almost two months. And we'll be staying with, the, with an Uzbek family in Philadelphia. And we are trying to minister to a small worshipping group of Uzbeks and see if more ministry can progress there as well. So please pray for all the logistics involved as well as that we will have good access to the community. Uh, we are staying with an Uzbek believer that we know from Uzbekistan. and We are closely worked with their uh, sisters and all that. So please uphold that as you uphold uh, Johan's wedding. And uh, Jonathan, our youngest son, also got a full scholarship to University of Alabama, and he's transitioning. So it's a transition time for us. So we'll do all those transitions. And, and at the same time, we want to be useful among the Uzbeks. Please pray that the time will not be wasted. Thank you for listening to that. I hope you will... Remember these things in prayers. Am I audible at the back now? Okay, thank you. Well, I had just finished the book of Haggai, and I was tempted to start off Zechariah. So there's a continuity. But I would challenge you to read it on your own and look forward to a study on it sometime later if the Lord leads us to do that. Uh, today I thought we'd talk about a very basic thing which we hear in all circles, most Christian circles, whether believing circles or not. In fact, one of the songs that I remember from Catholic Church days is love, it was that found us and it was love that saved us. And then it talks about Loving one another. So, Tobin, thank you for reading that. 
And we came across this verse which said, A new commandment I give you. Right? That you love one another as I have loved you. Have you ever thought why it is called a new commandment? The, the Old Testament could be seen as two commandments, right? Love the Lord, your God, with heart, or your mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. So there was this loving the neighbor in the Old Testament. Why is this called a new commandment? Why is this new? Love one another. It's a new commandment. Okay, we go to school and then to college, right? In, I don't know, first grade onwards, we might be studying math. And then you go to pre-degree in 12th, 11th and 12th. Josh says, I'm still stuck in my 80s, you know. <laughs> anyway, when you ask, after that, if you study, say, calculus in, um, in, in your degree, you're still studying math, but it is new math. Why the standards have changed, correct? The Old Testament was love your neighbor as yourself. And the new commandment is love one another as I have loved you. So the standard is different. Love your neighbor as yourself. And they couldn't get it. So again, it had to be simplified into steps. So what did Moses say? An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Right? If Pakistan kills two soldiers of ours, how many should we kill? Right? That was the <laughs> that was the same feeling that was prevalent. Uh, he hit me and I lost one tooth. I'm going to make sure that he loses all his 32. A knife for a knife and a tooth for a tooth. So even when that was given, they had to be trained slowly. Had to graduate from kindergarten to first grade till you reach the fullness. And we see fullness in the perfect man that lived among us. And it is only in him we see we see the perfect standard. The perfect standard is not love your neighbor as yourself, even that is hard, but the perfect standard is love one another as I have loved you, as Christ has loved us. You know, love one another is a theme that we find in John. I just did a search and found that that particular phrase comes up 
12 times and 9 times is from John. But then Peter and Paul also talk about it. And we find the applications throughout the scripture. Love one another. How? As Christ has loved us. Simple. How did Christ love us? That's a good question. Yes. Agape love, that's another word. He died for us. Sacrificial love. Okay, we can think of various aspects. You know, John chapter 13 to 16 is probably instruction just before the Lord is going to the cross. And what happens in John chapter 13? It starts off with the washing of the feet. Jesus was going to tell them, love one another as I have loved you. And what did he do? First, he had a practical lesson. I always believe in practical lessons in addition to theoretical lessons from the scripture. Jesus starts off with a practical lesson. What, what was that? He took a bowl of water and a towel and then went around and washed the feet of the disciples. I think it was a couple of years, last year I think. I was in um, Kazakhstan and there was this guy that I had discipled long and there was the guy that he had discipled. So the guy that was discipled by the guy that I was discipled. Okay? So he comes and he says, this was the night that I was just uh, leaving. So he said, can you give me five minutes? I said, of course. He said, I want to wash your feet. Well, it was winter and it was nice. He came with some hot water. I pulled up my pants up to my uh, knees and then he sat down and um, massaged it and um, washed it and as he washed it he was praying and praying and he did it to the other guy as well and another brother and finally I also got down on my knees and I did that that is not part of the culture and they did not get it from a denomination it was just an expression well how do we express our love towards one another. He just wanted to express his love and basically that was it. In the case of Christ we see the master putting on the form of the slave, the servant. He wanted to illustrate that first before he said, love one another as I have loved you. What does that mean? I want you to love one another as if you are slaves of one another. Can we have complaint against another if we are their slaves? 
if they are our masters and we are their slaves, can we have any complaint? No. And that is the standard that the Lord has put before us. Love one another as slaves. Even if you're better in every way, spiritually, giftedness, talents, we have to get on our knees and serve our neighbor. First of all, love cannot happen without humility. Love cannot happen without humility. Philippians chapter 2, we are very familiar with that verse. Verse 3 and 4. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. If we are the most significant, then we need to be acknowledged or we have our rights and we look out for ourselves. If you read it casually, it might look like let each of you look not only to his own interest but also to the interests of others. Oh, we need to take care of our interests first and also to the interest of others. But that's not what this verse means. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. In humility, count others more significant than yourselves. If they are more significant, then we look to their interests first and then to ours. And of course, after that, the example of Christ is being explained. Have this mind among yourselves, which, also, um, which is yours in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. If God can empty himself, what about you and me? What about you and me? If God does not have a complaint against our brother, was full of sin, how can we? Doesn't mean that there is no discipline. Need to be confronted. It needs to be confronted. Many things are there, but it is done as a slave. Only then true love will show forth. And as we read down in John chapter 13 Simon Peter said to him Lord where are you going Jesus and this is verse 36 Jesus answered him where I am going you cannot follow me now but you will follow afterward Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you? I will lay down my life for you. I am ready even to die for you. I am ready to die for you. 
in Galatians 4, I think around verse 15, Paul says that the Galatians loved them so much that if he had asked them, they would have plucked their eyes and given to him. So it's an expression, right? The same way, Peter says, Lord, I love you and I'm ready to lay down my life for you. Was that a sincere statement? Was it sincere? Yes or no? Yes? Yes? I believe it was a very sincere statement, but he did not have the power to do it, right? So there is that attitude that he expressed there. So Jesus says, will you lay down your life for me? We know the stuff. That brings us to another point there. We cannot love according to the standard of God unless we have special grace from the Lord. We have to deal with our own selves which always rise up against loving people. Ambition is promoted big time in schools, in colleges. It is promoted big time in career or any profession that you go. In fact, that is one of the motivations. Right? Oh, you do this and then you will become that. You do that, you will become that. Nowadays, you have hundreds of vice presidents. Early, you used to have probably one or two. Right? Now, everyone starts off as a manager, even if it's a receptionist. Right? Ambition and feed into that. This is what the world is teaching us. But the Lord wants us to cut that selfish ambition and become humble. So we cannot do this while the world is encouraging us and while our own flesh aspires to it. We cannot do this unless there is God's grace. So let's reach out to the Lord for his grace. And then as we move on to John 15, the Lord uses the same thing um, to confront that aspect of love, I suppose. Verse 13, 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. We all love one another, don't we? Maybe we would be willing to lay down our lives for one another. I'd like to think very sincerely that I am. And I'm sure that each of us sitting here would love to think that. But we cannot do this on our own. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Now, 
if you are ready to lay down a life for our friends, it also means that in our daily walk, we will tolerate them to whatever extent possible. We want to set standards of spirituality. Maybe it is scripture knowledge. Maybe it is spiritual gifts. Maybe it is our spiritual walk as we call it. Uh, higher standard of morality maybe. But the Lord says, love one another as I have loved you. And that is the sign by which others would know that you are my disciples. So if we are going to die for our brothers, let us live for one another. And let us tolerate one another. Not because they are perfect. If they are perfect, we don't need to tolerate them. And I don't need to forgive another person if they are right. I forgive a person when he is wrong and I am right. But that is the time that we find it very hard and have a lot of complaint. Let's examine that in our own hearts. Some of us might voice it out loud. Some of us may not. That Conquering of our thoughts have to happen inside. It doesn't matter whether it comes out or it is boiling in there. As long as it is there, that love is not coming out. Then, Christ died for us. When? We know that very clear, right? Romans chapter 5. Six through ten. We read this quite often. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. After we were strong, Christ did not need to die for us. While we were weak, he died for us. And it says, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have been now justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, as we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Loving and dying for us while we were weak and sinners and enemies. How many Indian soldiers would die for a Pakistani soldier? Right? And that's basically what it is. When there is someone who is irritating us a lot, We need to take control of our hearts and then go and do something sacrificial and love that person, realizing that we are his or her slave. 
while weak, while sinner, while ungodly, and while they are enemies, may the Lord help us to love them. Then the Lord Jesus says, John 15 and verse 9, As the Father has loved me, see that? As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. And how did the Father love the Son? How did the Father love the Son? Interesting question. Did the Father love the Son? Yes. But how do we know that? John 5 and verse 20. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. The Father judges no one, but has given all judgments to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. The Father makes sure that the Son is honored. So love one another as Christ has loved us, and love one another as the Father has loved Christ. So another aspect. Christ was perfect. Father did not need to die for him. And there are many people who are grown spiritually and might be living kind of an upright life. We cannot live completely upright life, I suppose. There will still be sins that we don't know of. So what's happening here? The, the son is perfect. And how does the father show the love? By giving honor to the son. By showing him all that he himself is doing. Perfect sharing hiding nothing and committing the judgment to the son many aspects we see basically the son is a perfect friend as a father the father does things for the son so as the father has loved me. Love one another as the Father has loved me. So says the Lord. One more aspect there. 
Jesus says, I call you friends. I call you friends. No longer do I call you slaves. Did Jesus acknowledge that they were slaves? Of course. You call me teacher and Lord. What does that mean? If he is Lord, what are, what are they? You call me teacher and Lord. And he says, you're right. And then he says, if I, your Lord and Master, your teacher and Lord has done this. If I, your Lord and teacher has done this. So, the disciples were truly servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he says, I don't call you slaves any longer, but I call you friends. And what kind of a friend? A friend from whom I hide Nothing. I'll just read verse 7 on verse in John 15. Um, verse 8 on verse. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. The commandments are so, that we will love one another. And he says, about love and friendship. No longer do I call you servants, a servant does not know what the master is doing. Just keep, come here, do this. Close that. Take this and go. Commands. But Jesus gives us the whole picture. He just does not give us a command. He gives us everything. He tells us everything that he has heard from his father. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. If we go to chapter 14, we will not go there. But that's an interesting thing. 
the Lord says, when uh, Philip and he are having the conversation, he says, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I spoke to you, I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. He says, don't you realize by what I say? But if you don't do that, if you are not able to believe that I am God, just like that, look at my works. By looking at my works, you will know that I am God. Then after that he says, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Father living in us. The Father lived in the Son in a special way, but Father and the Son will come and make their abode with us. Verse 21 there. Many a time, people concentrate so much on whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than this will he do. Oh, we can do greater than that. So much focus on that. But the, the issue is not that. The father loved his son and the son loves us and the son wants to manifest to the world that we are his. And that's why he works through us. Let us not desire to have more power, more gifts, to show ourselves more to the world. If we are, if we are abiding in the Lord to, do that, to have that, we have missed a point. Chapter 15 also talks about that. If you abide in me, then you will do wondrous things. But the issue there is much more. It is love. And to, to make known to the world that we belong to him. Last Saturday, um, Jono and I were traveling back from Kerala. So there was a sister and three kids, teenagers. So I thought they were believers. You know how I found that out? How I guessed that? Tanya, you had a guess. A guess, anybody? Huh? No, I, I never met them before. Finally, I came to know that they were known to us. You know why? Because the sister did not have ornaments around the neck. <laughs> well... <laughs> Funny? <laughs> well, uh, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. But what is the hallmark of a Christian? What is the hallmark of a Christian? You know, I used to be very put off with the Sunday clothing. I'm, I'm glad there are some people who wear t-shirts here. So, uh, as a young believer, 
I used to go with T-shirts to church and all that. And after, after my wedding, I happened to go to Trivandrum. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I was about to put on a T-shirt. And my wife said, no, no. <laughs> well, that's a no-no. Right? And in love, of course, we don't want to offend them. And again, um, she was also used to wearing sari, you know. None of you has ever seen Asha in sari because it's 22 years, 23 years since she wore one. Um, so she was used to churidar, and on Sundays she used to have sari. So, so finally I found it a little funny, and I asked her why. So no one uh, wears sari on Sundays. Well, it's good to keep decorum and do all that. But what are we wearing on other days? Hmm? We are to wear love every day. And it is because of the love that we have for one another that they should recognize that we are Believers, not because on Sunday morning between 8 and 10, if you go to Kerala, take your black book. Now all of us have graduated to devices. Huh? Or put on nice clothes. Sunday best. That, was, that came down as tradition in somewhere along the line. And we hold on to those traditions. Some traditions are good. I'm not saying it's bad. Come properly dressed and nice. I'm not against that. Please don't interpret me wrong. So it's, it's good that we are well dressed when we meet people. But the primary thing through which that they should understand that we are believers is the love that we have for one another. And it doesn't have to be only with CBF guys, CBF guys and girls. Hmm? And it should not be only with the brethren. We love one another and we love one another, whatever Christians. And if they are not believers, there will not be love for one another. You know why? because they will not be loving us back with the same love that we give. Right? So, we have to love all men, but when that love is being reciprocated and that is reigning in our midst, another person will look at it and say, there is something different about that. A couple of months back, I think last month, uh, somebody said, Somebody shared with Asha that uh, a friend of hers was hanging out with her and a couple of other believers and finally figured out that there was something unique about this person, these people actually. Then she came this side and asked, what is so different about? And that is when we can share the word. Otherwise, we will preach 
we will do all that we can. But when, when they come into our midst, what do they see? You know, as a young Christian, I was so challenged and I was so glad when I came to the Lord. After a few months, I found that there was a difference of opinion between, this was in the EU circles, okay. There was a difference of opinion between the professors who were leading it. And that was a great discouragement to me. And there was a time for which I thought, did I give up everything to come into their midst? As a young Christian, I did that. Later on, in churches, I have again experienced the same. Well, if we don't wear ornaments and have given up everything, that's fine. If we have a simple lifestyle that is good, it's all appreciable. But if we don't act in love, all these are nothing. We can even die for another person without love. There are so many people who sacrifice for the country. So many people who die in jihad to get to heaven. So many Christians during crusades who died because the Pope had said all those who died in the battle would go to heaven. And let us not be fooled with our own standards made by the communities that we moved around with and we fooled into thinking that this is the standard. The standard is love one another as Christ has loved us. Just want to remind you one favorite verse of mine which I have shared many a time. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Someone can say the verse number 5. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as, and ourselves as, and as, can you say it louder? And our, as your servants, for Jesus' sake, as the servants of Paul, priest himself, the real word is slave. Paul preached himself as a slave of Corinthians among whom there was such a lot of immorality, such a lot of dissension, such irreverence while coming to the Lord's table, such haughty talks about the gift of tongues and prophecy that they had. Paul says, we preach ourselves as your slaves for Christ's sake. And that was the standard that the Lord had set. So, let us love one another as Christ has loved us. Let's bow down our heads. Father, we want to thank you for the new commandment that you have given us. And we will keep it. 
not as a slave who is unwilling but as someone who has come and submitted himself on his own will to your master to your lordship we will obey that commandment we will obey your new commandment yes that's what our hearts say but our flesh struggle against it many a time help us to take every thought that rises up in our hearts against that knowledge captive to you that command that you have given captive to your knowledge and as we live our lives in this world we are overcome by emotions at times we are overcome by human logic we are overcome by our own personalities we need your grace your abundant grace so that we can love one another as you have loved us with a sacrificial love casting away selfish ambition and conceit putting on humility and meekness and help us to love others even when they are weak and ungodly full of sin and even when they are against us and enemies even when there's a lot of misunderstanding and they might perceive us in another way sometimes we need to be formed with others and they might take it as like of love and they might again react to us father but still help us to keep on loving them to keep on loving them just as you loved us help us to take that bowl of water and that towel in our situation help us to love others more than ourselves just as you emptied yourself and became man help us to go down to the level of those who are around us and serve them thank you father thank you that you showed your love to your son and that was made manifest to us and that was revealed to us by your own son and in our family lives in the standard that you have given us just as Christ loved especially for us for husbands we pray that we would help us to love our wives just as you loved the church and gave yourself for the church for the wives we pray that they will again be full of love and submit themselves even as you submitted yourself to all 
that you suffered. Lord, we pray that in our families, the standard of love will be the love of Christ. And as parents, as we love and discipline our children, may it again be the standard that you have set before us. Love one another as I have loved you. As children, as they undergo various emotions and may not see the picture from the parents' standpoint. And sometimes parents themselves can be in the wrong. They, may, they might be ungodly as well. Even then we pray that you will help our children to love their parents as you loved. And in our workplaces where we are masters, help us to love as you the master who took the bowl and the towel. And as who serve others senior to us, again we pray that you will help us to love them as you loved. Thank you, Father. And we pray that in our midst there will be love reigning supreme and that our adornment or otherwise, our clothing style, our grooming style, the Christianese that we speak, may they not be the real thing that shows, uh, establishes our identity. Pray that you will help us to love one another as you have commanded us. In Christ's precious name we pray.